sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come when death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins with you. It's your prisoner no more my shame was a ransom he faithfully he canceled my debt and he called me his friend when death was arrested and my life began oh your grace so free washes Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. I think Jesus arose with our freedom in hell. That's when death was arrested and my life
Sing with me how great is our God. No, we'll see how great, how great is our God. We welcome you to, welcome you to our church, and uh, if if you're watching on, online, we welcome you. And uh, let's get right into it. Luke chapter 24 and verses 46 through 49. Luke chapter 24, 46 through 49. If you were here in person last week or if you were watching online last week, uh, we took this section from 46 to 49. And there are three things. We're, we're obviously very close to the end of the book of Luke. And there are three things that Jesus says to us as disciples. Uh, I guess you could call them call them instructions. But uh, let's just let's just read that, and then I'll get into the ex- explanation of it. In verse verse forty six, Jesus said to them, to his to his dis- disciples, "Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and arise from the dead the third day." And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to, to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That was the first one, the first of the three. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached. And so if you were here last week or, or if you watched last week, that's what it was. Repentance, remission of sins, we should preach that. Okay. So moving on to uh, verse 48 Here's the second one, the second of the three things that Jesus says to his disciples. And you are witnesses of these things. So, this, so a disciple of Jesus is a witness, okay? So we're going to talk about that. That's the second thing. We talked about the first one last week. We'll talk about the second and the third one this week. You're witnesses. So 49 Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the three things are the the preaching of repentance, the remission of sins. The second one is being a witness. And the third one is waiting on the Holy Spirit. And I saved the last two for now. I wanted to do the last two on the same day. Uh, they go together very well. And now, uh, this is, we just read this out of the book of Luke. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And uh, I'd like you to turn or scroll to uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So in the book of Acts, Luke retells again and actually tells more specifically what Jesus said. So Luke records what we just read in the book of Luke, and then Luke records in the book of Acts chapter 1 about exactly the same thing, okay? And so it's said in the book of Acts, verse 1, 4 through 8, and being assembled together with them, he, this Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time? Now, I'd like for you to pay attention, especially this verse and the next verse. Lord, will you at this time, that word time, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons. It's not for you to know the time. That's, that's important. I think the title of the message today is timing. So when, we're, uh, when we talk about being a witness, the second one is being a witness. The third thing is to wait on the Holy Spirit. And I like doing those two together. They go well together. And they're talking about timing. So it's not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in to in his own authority. So verse 8, the last verse that we'll read. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So it's obvious that uh, especially in the book of Acts when Luke retells what Jesus said, there's this tie together, the tying of the two things being a witness and this thing of waiting on the Holy Spirit. So taking those two things, the first one is being a, being a witness, witnesses, and that word timing. Okay, uh, Witness is, is a courtroom term. It was then, it is, it is now. And the Bible uses it as a courtroom term. Uh, probably all of us uh, are familiar in some way, at least with the concept, that in, that in court, uh, almost all, always, there will be a witness called to, to stand up and testify. Okay? Christianity has been using those terms forever. And, and so it is a courtroom term, and I, and I want you to think of it in that way. When we talk about in, in the church, we talk about in Christianity, we talk about witnessing and testifying, I, I don't think that we always associate it with a type of courtroom term. So anyway, when you, when you think about, you've seen it, maybe you've heard it, in court when the witness is called up to testify, to be a witness to whatever, whether it's a crime or whatever the thing was, what that witness saw or what that witness heard or what that witness experienced in some way. The lawyer calls the witness to the stand to testify about what they saw, heard, or, ex- or, ex- or experienced. Okay, if you're, if, if you're looking at the script on the bottom of your screen, why does a lawyer in court call a witness? What, why, would he, why would he do that? What's the point of asking a witness to get up, stand up front, and, and retell tell what they heard, saw, experienced? Why, do, why does our courtroom do that? Why does a lawyer in court call a, call a, a witness? Why doesn't the lawyer just say what the witness will say. Every lawyer that's any good, good at all will never call a witness to the stand that, um, but that he already knows what the witness will say. Every lawyer who calls a witness to the stand knows what the witness is going to say. 
okay? He's not asking the witness to come up and answer and give an answer for information that the lawyer doesn't know. The lawyer already knows. So why doesn't the lawyer just say what the witness will say? Why, why go through the trouble of calling the witness up? He already knows what the witness is going to say. Why can't the lawyer just, just say it? Or, or again, along the same thought, why not just read a written testimony of the facts? Why is it so important in court that we call a witness to the stand? Why is it so important that we hear the witness tell the first-hand account of what they saw, heard, or experienced? A lot of reasons why, a lot of answers there, but it's just so much more powerful when the witness says it. Now, it's very possible that the lawyer could say it, that the lawyer could testify, that the lawyer could say, well, I've got a witness and I'm going to tell you what the witness is going to say. But we don't do that because it's so much more powerful. It's so much more convincing when the jury and the rest of the crowd gets to hear what the witness says, what the witness saw, what the witness heard out of their own mouth. Uh, The first good news that was pronounced was was by the angels uh, when Jesus was born. The angels appeared to uh, appeared to the shepherds said, "We've got great news. That's the good news. We've got great news, great joy. That's the great. The Savior has been born, and so really, that's the first time, technically." that the gospel was preached. The good news, there was an announcement, a pronouncement. I've got great news for you. That's what the gospel means, literally means, good news. And the angels did that. I've got good, good news for you. Well, okay, the angels did that first. They were the first ones to pronounce good news. Good news, great, great joy. They were the first ones to do that. Why not just let angels continue to do that? Why is God so concerned that you be a witness to someone else? Why is God so concerned that you and I testify about what Jesus has done for us? Because there's so much more power in what the witness says. If God wanted the angels to keep on preaching the gospel, if God wanted the angels to keep on bringing the good news, then he would just have the angels do that. But the angels did that one time. And from that time on, who's it up to? It's left up to us. That's why I'm standing here preaching to you. An angel could do this so much better than I could do it. So, but for some reason, God wants me to do it instead of the angels. And God wants me at this place, at this time, to do this. You may think and probably in in my experience in my experience it's hardly anybody that I know hardly any of my friends any hardly anybody that I know thinks that they do a good job of witnessing hardly anybody thinks that that uh, that their testimony is interesting or that 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 uh, that their testimony is helpful that their testimony is, is good. Hardly anybody that I know thinks that when, when we talk about this, this part here, the, the first one was to go out and preach 
repentance, remission of sins. The, the second one was, I want you to be a witness. I want you, Jesus said, to be a witnesses, to be a witness. In fact, he says, you are a witness. God wants you to do it. God wants you to say it. God wants you to tell what you've seen. God wants you to tell what you've heard. God wants you to tell what you've experienced because there's so much power in that. Now, you know, I could stand up here and do that for you, but it will never have the same effect from me as it will from you. Hardly any of you that are, that are, that are watching this, hardly any of you think that you're good at witnessing to someone else. Hardly any of you think that you're good at telling the gospel story to someone else. I know, I know that. I don't think I am. But somehow we've got to get past that. And somehow we've got to understand that Jesus has created each of us individually, create, uh, uniquely, specifically, and you are the way you are, you talk the way you talk, you present yourself the way you present yourself so uniquely and so differently from anyone else, and that's exactly what Jesus wants. He doesn't need two witnesses who are exactly the same. If you think about it, that doesn't make sense. If, if there are two witnesses who are exactly the same, the lawyer doesn't need to call them both. He only needs to call one of them. But but each of us is to be a witness in our own way because we're so unique, so uniquely made, and each of our experiences with Jesus are different. None of us, no two of us, have had exactly the same experience with Christ. Mine's different than yours. Of course it is. Yours different than mine. We're all uniquely associated with Jesus in our own way. And so I've got a testimony that you don't have. And the Lord wants me to share that with people at the right time. And you have a testimony that, that I don't have. And God wants you to share that with people at the right time. A lot of people, for instance, uh, because I'm, because I'm, a, I'm a preacher, uh, sometimes that helps me. Sometimes that hurts me. A lot of people don't trust me. A lot of people, well, let me back up and say it this way. A lot of people trust me because I am a preacher. A lot of people don't trust me because I am one. But they will trust and they might trust you. I may come uh, they may not want to talk to me. They may not want to hear what I have to say. Ah, uh, he's a preacher. We already know what he's going to say. He's getting paid to say that and just... All, all of that stuff. But they might listen to you because you're unique, you're different. And so don't ever be afraid to share your testimony. Don't ever be afraid to be a, a, a witness. And all a witness is, all that they do, all that they're supposed to do in court is honestly tell what you've seen, tell what you've heard, tell your experience. That's it. Say, well, no one's interested in that. Yes, someone will be. But here again, very important, at the right time. At the right time.
Okay. Now, so we move on from being a, being a witness to the very next next thing, uh, where Jesus tells them, "Now I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there. We're waiting for the Holy Spirit." They asked Jesus, "Well, when will be when will he come? When's the, when? What time will that be?" Jesus said, "It's not for you to know the time. You just wait. You just wait." until the Holy Spirit comes. Waiting on the Holy Spirit, the timing of that. Wait on direction from the Holy Spirit. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? So you're waiting on direction, on, on instruction, and then you're waiting on timing. I'm not going to get into personal things at all, but I've, I've seen time and again in my personal life when I have just knew is just very apparent to me, shown to me. I saw it. I heard it. I experienced it. I knew what God wanted me to do. I knew what God wanted me to say. I knew it. But when I went to do it or went to say it or whatever, I would make the mistake. It wasn't in, it wasn't in the instruction, but it was in the timing of it. And I got, I got ahead of myself. I got ahead of, ahead of God. I said what God wanted me. And I would, I would uh, talk to the Lord like this. Lord, I, I said what you wanted me to say. I did what you wanted me to do. But then it became apparent to me. Yeah, yes, you did. You said what I wanted you to say. did what I wanted you to do. But you didn't do it at the right time. You got, for, for me, my problem is I jump too soon. I speak too, speak too soon. Do too soon. Instead of waiting on the timing, so you may be watching this, and you're uh, you've been seeking the Lord as you should. You've been praying. You've been studying the scriptures. You're searching God. What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to talk to, or whatever it might be? God, what do you want me to do? And you feel like you have an answer to that, but things still aren't working out the way maybe you thought that they would. I want you to, to consider that you haven't made a mistake. God certainly didn't make a mistake. He has told you what he wants you to do he has, or say or whatever that might be. He has given you godly instruction, and that's true, and it hasn't changed. But now you've got to look for the timing of it, doing it at the right time, saying it at the right time. I want you to look at it like this. Uh, Isaiah gives a very important uh, instruction to us when he said that that God knows the end from the end from the beginning. God knows the end from the beginning. So before God ever starts something, He already knows how it's going to end. God's never wondering how this is going to turn out. God's never wondering how things are going to turn out for you. He never. He's not, He's not ever trying to figure that out. He already knows because He knows the end from the from the beginning. So he gives you instruction, and then he says, like he did to those disciples way back when, he still does it to us, this is what I want you to do, but I need you to wait. I need you to wait. So this last thought, have you ever considered that the Holy Spirit is waiting on you to wait? The timing of whatever this is, whatever God may want you to do, the timing is already, God already knows that. And he's waiting for that time. 
and he's watching you and he's waiting on you to see if you will wait. So God's waiting on you to wait. His instruction for you may very well be very, very accurate. And your understanding of what God wants you to do may be very, very accurate. This is what God wants me to do. But one of the hardest things, and I will agree with you, some, some of you are saying, man, that, but to wait is, is, I mean, how many of us can say we're good at, we are good at patience? One of, the very, one of the hardest things you'll do as a disciple is know what it is God wants you to do, but then wait for the doing of it. But I want you to look at it like this, that the Holy Spirit is waiting on you to wait. He wants you to be patient and to wait. It will come in very handy, I promise you, if you learn to wait on God and for the moving of his spirit. So he's asking you to be a witness. But only when, he, only when the lawyer calls you up to the stand. All right? So you're waiting on the lawyer to call you up to the stand to witness. Not before then. Jesus is the lawyer. You're waiting on Jesus to call you up to the stand to witness. And you, you, you know what you're going to say. You know what you're going to do. You know you're going to tell the, tell the truth. But you're waiting on him to call you. Okay? So I want you to know that, that your witness, your testimony is very important to someone. There's somebody out there that, that God has just for you. And then I want you to know that, that the, the timing is extremely important. And I don't want you to give up. And I don't want you to give up hope. Uh, I want you to be patient. I want you to pray. I want you to wait. Wait on him. He's waiting on you to wait on him. All right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. God, we thank you for your love for us, and thank you for your patience with us, how you wait for us so often. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you that, that you love us like you like you do. No greater love has any man but that he would lay down his life for his friend. And Jesus laid down his life for us. Jesus, I thank you that you that you love us that much. Lord, help us to be a witness, to testify about what we've heard, seen, and 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 experienced when you when you ask us to. Lord, help us to to tell the truth, to just tell what, what we've seen. When you call us to the stand, Father, I ask you to help us to, to be patient and to wait that we know, I know you've got something for us. I know that you've got something in mind for everyone who's watching this. Everyone. Everyone is unique and, and special, and you've got something special for them. Father, help them to wait. Uh, wait on you. Wait for the Holy Spirit to move and that things will be right. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are and what you've done in our life. And we look forward to what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen.